Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia, where it's kind of chilly today. I got my Braves apparel on, but I got the National League Championship jersey on because they all, they sent me the World Series stuff yesterday. It didn't all get washed. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be a part of this year program. I will allow it. We got to go down the rabbit hole, and we got to be philosophical. Some of you are not going to like where this goes. So just just occasionally I like to be real with you. Um, I, I've grown the show now. Um about 20 or so stations that I'm on. And I started in uh, WSB in Atlanta, which is my flagship. And at the time when I started, some of the senior management really did not like when I discussed anything theological. Those people are no longer there. There are still people who don't like it, but it is my worldview. It is the way I see the world. And I, I'm I'm telling you that so that you can brace for this. Because I got some thoughts. And I want you to hear this audio that I played yesterday. You're going to hear this person on TikTok. This person is going to reference that I believe it's a she is with someone. She is actually not with anyone. And I want you to hear this now. Prepare yourself. Do you see this person next to me? E is my friend. C has had to put up with a lot to get to where Purr is today. I just want to let Glint know that Thon is valid, that Ver pronouns are valid, and that Sarah identity is valid. I wish Void all the best and look forward to maybe even seeing some of their lovely content someday. Please treat them with respect, and I'm sure A will respect you too. Y'all, yeah, I'm one of those people who believes in angels and demons. The Bible says they're real, and I believe they're real. I actually have a a friend of mine who relayed the story of a local priest who I know who was counseling a family who had a little boy, and the little boy was going around the house and telling stories about all the pictures of the family. The, The family was from, I think, Honduras or Nicaragua. And had stories about the family members, and he was getting it all right, and there's no way he could have known it. And he kept saying that it was his granddad who was telling the stories. Granddad was dead. And they went to the local Catholic church. The family had been part of Santeria in voodoo and had converted uh, to Catholicism. And they went to the local Catholic church. The local Catholic priest went out and said, all right, I'll, I'll pray over the house. He prayed over the house did whatever Catholic priests do to this. And the family a few weeks later came back and the little boy said his grandfather was very angry. And the Catholic priest said, when was the last time you spoke to your grandfather? He says, this morning, he's standing outside uh, if you want to talk to him. Grandfather again was dead. Now, you can believe the story or not. Um, It is is a legitimately true story. I don't think the priest is lying. Um. It's neither here nor there if you don't believe this stuff, and I realize a lot of people don't. But what I fundamentally believe is that our problems are not inflation and gas. Our problems are not high prices. Our problems are cultural. 
And the voters are sensing the cultural problems, but those cultural problems are, at the end of the day, spiritual problems. And the spiritual problems are, as God moves out and hands you over to yourself, bad things move in, and I think we're seeing it in this country. And again, this sounds like crazy talk to people. I'm, I'm very mindful that uh, people who are – and even some who are, it, it's the stuff you're not supposed to talk about politely. A nationally syndicated radio show host, unless you're named Art Bell, is not supposed to talk about this sort of stuff. But let me go deeper on this. Go where angels fear to tread. I believe, fundamentally, philosophically, I believe every single person on planet Earth has a voice in the back of their head that tells them there is more to life than this. And if you are an atheist, you work very hard to suppress that voice. And if you are the child of an atheist, you hear the voice and, and you don't really know what the voice is saying and it allows other voices to creep in and guide the conversation. There are a lot of people who suppress the voice in their head and they're for the here and now. And you see it in politics on both sides of the aisle. You see it in politics. Everybody's for the here and now. People ignore the voice at their peril. It's not the voice of schizophrenia. It's not the, the, the voice of your multiple personalities talking at you. It's the perception, the perception that there's something else here, that you are here for something more than you are. And you either have to listen to the voice and ponder it or not. And a lot of people, they're listening but they don't know where to go. And churches these days are doing a terrible job of reaching out to the unclean, the unwashed, the unsaved. I will say this, Sunday morning is not for the unclean. The, well, it is for the unclean. It's not for the uh, people who don't know Jesus. It's for the people who do and need to be bolstered in their faith, I think. But churches have ways of pulling people in who are curious. A lot of them are failing, and they're going to the internet. They're going to the world. And so much of the world is at odds with God. And so we're losing people, churches are, to a fallen culture, and it has corrupted spirits. And now I know, again, a lot of you are looking at this, oh, my gosh, he's lost his mind. Let's get back to politics. Let's get back to something else. But here's the problem. All of this translates into everything we're dealing with as a society today. All of it does. And this poor girl on TikTok is the epitome of it. Where are the parents of this girl? Probably the parents are okay with it because probably the parents have tuned out already, dropped out. Where are the parents engaged in life? You know, there's study after study after study that shows that the kids who do best in life are the kids who have parents engaged with them, the parents who spend time with them. Now, I got to tell you, I suck. I do. I, I, I feel oftentimes like I am a, a bad husband and a bad father. 
uh, because I, I'm I'm very focused on my career. I, I've got to grow the number of affiliates. I got to grow the advertisers. I got to keep the ratings up. I am almost single-mindedly focused on this. And I am obsessed with it and focused on it to a degree because it, I am the sole breadwinner in my house. If if I fail at this, who's there to cover the cost of my wife's chemotherapy? Who's there to cover the cost of my kid's private school? Who's there to to maintain us? And I wish to make more money, not for us, but to be able to share it with more people, to be generous to other people as people have been generous to us. I, I Yeah, I'm career-oriented, sometimes to the detriment of my family. I'm always online. I, I'm always, always engaged. I reach out and, and relate with and have friendships with so many of my listeners from across the country. They're texting all the time. Sometimes it can be an impediment to family life. I, I'm exhausted by the time I'm done with my day, and I still I, I got to spend time with my kids, and, and I feel oftentimes that I screw up with that. My daughter is, is having a, a situation where a kid asked her out. And she was very interested in the kid, had been for a while, but then she said no. She really, she wants to focus on grades. She doesn't want to be in a relationship, and the kid didn't take it well. And really didn't take it well. And I just showed up day before yesterday. If I sounded a little unprepared for the show, it was because I just got up, and I drove over to my kid's school, and I sat in the parking lot with her and just let her let her vent for about 20 minutes. 20, 30 minutes. She just, she needed to get it off her chest. She needed somebody to talk to. And so I just sat there and, and I, I try to do stuff like that. I try to be engaged as much as I can. I feel bad for my wife. Um, my wife uh, does not sleep well at night. I have mostly been sleeping in the guest bedroom of late because I don't want to bother her at night. She needs her sleep. She needs her rest. But I try to engage I try. I feel bad sometimes. But then I'm mindful that study after study after study of the data shows that I'm more engaged than a lot of parents out there. And I don't mean that to, to prop myself up because I, I think I suck at it. But the data suggests I'm doing way more than most. And the parents who are not engaged in their child's lives are handing their children over to be raised by the wolves of the world. And we've got a mental health crisis in this country. Every damn time there is a mass shooting in this country, it is almost always young white boys doing it. And the media and the left immediately go to, we got to take everybody's guns. And don't you talk about mental health. Why, why can we not talk about mental health? We should talk about mental health. I struggle, frankly, to be as open as I wish I could be with you on these sorts of issues. I mean, I get depressed. I sometimes just want to crawl under a rock, don't feel very encouraged, frustrated with the the, the slowness of my career, feel like I put trust in others who let me down. I, I, I do. We all do. And there, there's a level of oversharing, I think we get in society, but there's also a level of detachment and lack of engagement. And it's, this is bad. 
And we're seeing it unfold on TikTok. We're seeing it unfold with kids across the country. We're seeing it uh, unfold in schools around America. We're seeing it engage and in, 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 uh, laid out on the streets of America as, as kids are trying to find their way. And they're trying to find their way because there's a voice in the back of everyone's head that says, I made you. And you're here for something greater. And they don't know what that is. They don't know what it is that's supposed to be great. We're steered into a godless secular culture that tells you you're not supposed to be great. This country's not great. There's nothing good here. We're all bad. We're all racists. And they go on the Internet and they try to find their place in the world. And their parents haven't helped them. They have no help. And it's leading us to a mental health crisis in this country. Families are collapsed. Parents are disengaged. Kids are engaged online. The parents have no idea. Uh, they're doing t- the kids are doing TikTok. TV. If this was my kid, there would be an intervention. It's not my kid. My kid wouldn't do this because I'm engaged with my kids' lives. Maybe I'll be humbled. Maybe my kids will do it. But I doubt it. Here's y'all. In all seriousness, everyone is trying to find their way in the world. The world will either help them find their way or the church will help them find their way. The government's not going to help them find their way. The government's part of the world. You will help people find their way if you are engaged in their lives. That's why I tell you all the time, and I am so broken record on this, uh, when Scripture says seek the welfare of the of the community in which you live and pray for it because there you'll find your welfare, there are so many of us, we are so detached from our community. We are so detached from Atlanta, from Dayton, from Tulsa, from Orlando, from Jacksonville, from Houston, from Dallas, from Clarksville, from Rome, from uh, you name it. We're detached from our local community. We're not engaged with our local community. We're focused on Washington. We're obsessed with Washington. Washington provides all the answers. We're not seeking the welfare of our local community. We're not seeking the welfare of the homeless man down the street who's not going to get a meal for Thanksgiving. We're, We're not seeking the welfare of the local family struggling to make ends meet because bills are so high. We're not seeking the welfare of our own family. We're not seeking the welfare of our next door neighbor because we don't even know their name. And we're allowing then this voice that all of us have in the back of our head that tells us there's something better, there's something more. We're allowing that voice to get answered by the void that exists because of our own lack of engagement. And it's not ending well for us as a society. It's not ending well for so many people. And so I just, I want to encourage you, you you listen to this kid Performing on social media and and being affirmed, by the way, being affirmed by that void. That all of us have this voice. And the question is, are you with your children, with your neighbors, with your family, with your community, are you going to try to step into the void and answer, provide an answer in some direction? Or are you going to let the world through the Internet do it? Because so many of us have become so detached from so much around us. That detachment is leading to a societal, cultural, philosophical collapse. And at heart, it's all a spiritual issue because the spirit's yearning because there's that voice there. And there just aren't enough people and groups and communities to answer accurately what that voice is calling to. I would encourage you to think about that. Yes, please. 
text recipe to 33777 because I'm going to be sending out the gravy recipe, the dressing recipe, uh, the, I'm probably the turkey brine recipe. I need to send that one out. I, I, got, I got a lot, but um, I got good recipes to send out. If you text recipe to 33777, what happens is you'll be sent a link. You click the link, and there's an option to put in your email address, but also uh, you can just scroll through and see the recipes there on the radio show website. Uh, I have not put up yet uh, all of the recipes, but I will get to them, I promise. Lots of tasty, good recipes uh, for the holiday season. This is when I like to cook. Cooking has become therapeutic for me to uh, to, to get out of the politics and, and all of that stuff uh, and just focus and have fun with friends. And frankly, y'all are not going to believe this. I, I, I was a really picky eater when I was a kid. So my, our very first trip, grew up in Dubai. And when I was, I guess, five, we went to Cyprus. My mom wanted to go see Cyprus because, you know, Paul had had the shipwreck on Cyprus and we wanted to go see all the historic biblical sites and the like. And the castle is a cool place. But my mother had to carry a bottle of Heinz ketchup in her purse everywhere we went because I, to this day, put ketchup on If it's meat, there's ketchup on it. And, well, the Europeans water down their ketchup with vinegar. It's very unpleasant. And so we had to take ketchup. She had to take ketchup. And so I've got really picky eaters now. It's payback time. My kids are far pickier than I ever was. And so I do all this elaborate cooking. This is why I have people over at my house on Sunday nights because all the recipes I want to make that my family won't eat, like fried shrimp tacos. I make the best fried shrimp tacos you will ever in your life put in your mouth. And my family won't eat them. So i got to have people come over on Sunday night and sit on my front porch with me. Hi there. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone lines are open, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, if you would like to be on the program. Uh, we got to move on to other things, and one of those things that we need to talk about is the 1619 Project. As you are aware, I mentioned this a little bit yesterday, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, her book is out on the 1619 Project. I will not encourage you to move the book to the fiction section. Nope, I won't. Um, if you do, you, you do. Um, you, but, you know, it's on big display. I went into my local bookstore the other day, and they had a, it was a, it made a big deal about it, way more than they should. Uh, so much of it is fraudulent. i got to play you some audio from Nicole Hannah-Jones. This is also the woman who thinks we dropped the bomb on Japan because we spent all this money. We had to do something with it. This is her on MSNBC. Yes, thank you so much for that question because, you know, we do focus a lot on on the pushback, but the pushback is a sign of um, all of the people who actually embrace the project. You wouldn't have the level of pushback if you didn't have people who really embrace the project. And this feeling of, of discomfort that we've been hearing around, you know, this uh, critical race theory propaganda campaign, that's been the standard feeling for Black children to feel that the way that history is taught is demeaning to them, that the way that history is taught really erases them and erases the accomplishment of black Americans. Oh, good grief. So essentially what she's acknowledging is the 1619 Project is a feelings project. It's all about the feels. It's not about the facts. And the facts do not stand up under the weight. I mean, y'all, a socialist, like actual left-wing socialist publication, 
published a diatribe of a bunch of left-wing American history professors on how much she factually got wrong in the 1619 Project. Now, it wasn't just her. It was other authors, and they are trying to rewrite American history through a racial lens. And essentially, their argument, and if, if you think about it, it's an unfalsifiable argument. An unfalsifiable argument is one that uh, you cannot disprove because of the way the argument is made. And if you can never disprove it, it's not really an argument that can ever hold water uh, because it you, you can't dispute, you can't argue, you can't probe it. Her argument, and this is her argument, the argument is that American history was mostly written by white people. Therefore, it covered the things white people are interested in. It's unfalsifiable. White people wrote the history. They didn't cover certain topics. Therefore, they didn't think it was important because white people don't think it's important. Now, every history class I've ever been in about American history has covered slavery. But you now have these left-wing loons on on social media say, I never learned about slavery in my history class. Really? People, I grew up in Dubai. Last I checked, Dubai is not in the continental United States. I went to an American school with American teachers. Guess what? We learned about slavery. I moved back to Jackson, Louisiana, a rural part of Louisiana. I mean, population 2,000 when you count the local prison and mental hospital in the area. I learned about slavery from a white Republican high school teacher. Yes, she is a Republican. Wonderful human being, Kathy Welch. Wonderful teacher. Loved her. We learned about slavery in American history. A white Republican teacher teaching me in rural Louisiana about slavery. Yes, I did. I don't know what you people learned in history, but in rural Louisiana, we learned about slavery and how bad it was. And how Southern whites moved heaven and earth to keep black people in destitute situations. I learned that from white people in the South. Apparently in the North, you didn't learn this stuff. Why? Because you talk to a lot of people and they'll tell you the biggest bigots are the ones in the North. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hear this from friends of mine who moved up North and they're like, man, we thought racism was bad in the South. These aren't white people I'm talking to. It's amazing how they cover that up. But there's this whole project, the 1619 Project, it is a project of feelings. It is a project of revisionism. It is a project not of facts but of emotion, and they want to force it on your kids at school, and parents are having enough. And you know what they're doing because of it is they're calling your parents racist. They're calling you racist. Democrats, this is from Insider, a Business Insider, Democrats plan to swing back aggressively at Republicans on critical race theory. Listen to this. They've called it a racist dog whistle and a lie. But those messages haven't helped Democrats tamp down the uproar Republicans are feeling over critical race theory, now a misused catch-all term for teaching on race and diversity in K-12 schools that's firing up protests at school board meetings around the country. Democrat strategists say the party should pick hit back harder against divisive GOP claims while not losing sight of the priorities for voters, the economy. On a political level, it's a real threat and is allowing Republicans to claw back the inroads that Democrats have made in the suburbs over the last couple of election cycles, said Jim Manley, a longtime aide to former Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid. 
Democrats haven't yet pushed back on this issue enough. But the good news is the party's response is effective, and there's time to make the case before the 2022 elections, said Jesse Ferguson, a Democratic strategist. They just need to make the case relentlessly, he said. Right. Right. They just need to make the case relentlessly. That Republicans are pushing racism and that they're putting white supremacists in charge of their own education policy and that if you oppose critical race theory, you're a white supremacist. How do you look at what happened in Virginia and think, huh, we need to call people racist even louder? How do you, how do you I mean – how did people get bad at this? Do you know, it's like we're in the political dark ages. After Rome fell, a lot of the institutional knowledge died. Do you know uh, Roman concrete? The reason that so much of ancient Rome still exists is because the Romans invented concrete, but they didn't just invent concrete. They invented a chemical binder within the concrete that until two years ago, modern society had not figured out. Roman concrete gets harder over time. Roman concrete gets harder over time. See, concrete crumbles over time, but the uh, Roman concrete got harder over time. It's why the Colosseum while still in ruins, is still uh, in, in greater pieces than you would expect given the history. The Roman civilizational creations have lasted longer than the Greek civilizational creations because the Romans knew something about concrete. And it turns out two years ago they found uh, a port. If I'm remembering this right. It was two years ago in Italy. They found a Roman port, a harbor and they found the harbor wall. The harbor wall had since submerged, but they found it. And it was actually – it was sea level rise over the last several thousand years and land sinkage as well from earthquakes and the like. And the harbor foundation was actually in very good condition. And they were able to analyze the Roman concrete that the Romans used. Uh, how could this submerged under seawater? And it turned out it wasn't just volcanic ash that everybody knew. It actually was seawater too. Seawater. It was a combination. They analyzed the chemical compounds, and it turns out the Roman concrete was actually better. And now manufacturers around the world are updating their formulas for making concrete because of what the Romans did thousands of years ago. But we lost it all in the Dark Ages when the barbarians invaded and people fled. Institutional civilization began to collapse, and we lost a lot of knowledge along the way. You know, if you read, uh, what's his name, Gibbons, The History of the, the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, do you know why Gibbons, what Gibbons blames for the fall of the Roman Empire? Christians. Christianity. Gibbons says Christianity is to blame for the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Why? Because once Christianity was legalized by Constantine— the best and the brightest of the Roman Empire no longer went into the Roman bureaucracy for the glory of Rome. They went into the church for the glory of God. So you lost the best and the brightest. You lost the intellectual leaders of Rome to the church. Well, you know, the intellectual leaders on the Democratic Party side, we're in, a, we're in an intellectual dark age on the Democratic side now because the intellectual leaders of the Democratic Party cannot speak up because the wokes will come for them. 
the intellectual leaders of the Democratic Party cannot acknowledge that they must change path. Look at what happened to David Shore. David Shore now landed on his feet. But the reality is that David Shore, a Democrat progressive strategist, was blackballed and hounded out of his job for daring to tell them in 2020 the defund the police movement and the riots in the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin, were going to cost the Democrats dearly. And it did. Democratic strategists can't speak up, and the result is that the younger wokes who don't know how to run politics, they're trying to run things, and they're in an intellectual dark age for the Democratic politics. It's just crazy. All right. I want to go to some phone calls before I I go to break. Um, I want to go to Ruth Mary. You are going to be up first today. If I can fire you up there, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Eric. I was calling because you talked about mental health. And I'm, I'm glad you touched that subject. It's very important because people have a tendency, even though it's better over the decades, to have a tendency to push it under the rug. If a family member is having issues, they, a lot of them do not know where to go or how to deal with it. And um, as an EMT 40 or 50 years ago, when I was up in Pennsylvania, it was amazing how quickly family members would just push people into the state hospital or into a mental place and shut them away and not want to deal with it at all. In fact, even the even in the military, that was a problem uh, when we had, especially the guys coming back from Vietnam and other places, nobody wanted to deal with it. And so I'm glad you brought it up. It's not only a spiritual, you know, but a thing that to have. Uh, I had a family member who was into Satanism and let me tell you, mm. you talk about a mental issue, finally got out of it, but to this day, I still don't, she's still vulnerable as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. to being pushed back into it. Maybe not, but I just, I just, you know, it's just not, she hasn't, I don't think she's found her way completely out of it, in my opinion. But so, you know, to, there is the spiritual side, and I'm glad if a minister or a priest is there, whether it's not a spiritual or demons going after them, if it's just a uh, mental health, as some people know, that they still have their spiritual support from their church for that family member or friend, because that still is important. Yeah, you don't it, have to have a psychiatrist, but you do need that spiritual support. I, I, I appreciate you saying that, and thank you very much for the phone call. I think this is one of the issues that we as a people tend to miss is that you don't have to go straight to demons and angels here and to realize that we've got a lot of broken spirits in the country and they need a support system. Uh, one more, Jeff, uh, in Missouri, you're going to be next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Hi there. Yesterday you were talking. Yeah, hi, can you hear me? I can. Yeah, okay, so yesterday you were talking about electric cars. I'm wondering, has anybody done an environmental study on what happens when these batteries start going bad? Uh, I wish they would because you're right. This is what I was actually reading after the show yesterday. Somebody sent me an article on on five of the major issues electric car owners have. One is fires, uh, battery fires. Uh, And another is what do you do to dispose of the batteries? They're such a super expensive component of the car. Uh, Over time, batteries lose their charge. And where where do you dispose them? How do you recycle them? And it's, it's not just that. It's also the lithium that has to be uh, mined uh, to get these people and to get these batteries. And that's a humanitarian crisis in the making in parts of the third world where kids are the ones who are doing this. It's 
it's not good. And nobody wants to talk about that environmental problem. I want to talk to you, speaking of batteries and other things, how do, how do you save some money on your electricity? Because things are getting expensive, and a great way to save some money is to get the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. It is a fan. It's a heater. It can cool you down in the summer. You don't just have to put it in your closet when the wintertime goes away. And it can help you lower your heating bills. It can heat efficiently, a thousand square feet. Honestly, you're not. Yeah, I use it on the porch. They've told me now. You're not necessarily. It's for inside, but I put it on my porch and can direct heat towards people who are outside the propane uh, heater that I have on the front porch, and it works. And you can get $20 off their lowest price by going to EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see my name, Eric Erickson. There's a green circle around me. And when you click through, you'll see the Eden Pure Gen 40. Put in your card and at checkout, use the discount code Eric Heater, E-R-I-C-K, Heater, all one word. And you'll get $20 off the lowest sale price. You will get free shipping on it. Uh, they are limited in their supplies now. If you're thinking of getting one of these for the holidays, you probably want to go on and get your order in EdenPureDeals.com. And then the discount code is Eric Heater, E-R-I-C-K Heater, all one word. You'll save $20 and you'll get free shipping. Hello there. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Uh, you know, I, so I did. I I I rarely ever do. Someone emailed, and they they complained. I normally don't answer the the complainers, uh, but but someone emailed and complained and said, "Just give me the news. I don't care about all you all. I don't care what you cook. I don't care about your family. Don't care about you. Don't care about all these topics. I'm not your therapist. Uh, just just give me the news and 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 stop reading from news articles. You know." Um, I would normally let something like this go, but believe it or not, I actually know what I'm doing. Uh, and it, what I have found in doing talk radio is that the majority of the people who wish to opine on how I do radio are people who could never do radio. Uh, and occasionally I do have data like ratings that suggest I know what I'm doing. And I, whether some of you like it or not, the reason that I do sometimes read from news articles instead of just putting it in context is because I think you need to know what's actually being said as opposed to me characterizing it because I don't want to think for any of you. We had this conversation yesterday when Griffin called in. I I don't want to think for any of you, so I'm trying to give you the information. I don't like to read in-depth news articles because I, I feel like I'm, I'm copying to some degree, but to put things in context and how I form my opinions, I, I think you need to see all the evidence. I'm trying to make my case to you guys. Uh, and your mileage may vary on that, but I think it's very important for me not to just characterize what other people say. It's one reason we play sound bites here that are slightly longer than what other people play, in large part because I want you to hear them for themselves. Now, that gets me to Joe Biden, and I got to play you some of Joe Biden. Now, here's the snippet that you're going to hear elsewhere. 400 corporations, 550 corporations in the Fortune 500. Guess what? I misspoke. 55 corporations of the Fortune 500. You're going to hear that everywhere. Joe Biden's out of his mind. I actually want to put it in full context so you understand what he's actually saying here. He's still wrong, but listen. I'm a capitalist. You want to be a billionaire and a millionaire? That's great. Good for you. But pay your fair share. 400 corporations, 550 corporations in the Fortune 500. Guess what? I misspoke. 55 corporations of the Fortune 500 made $40 billion last year. 
did not pay one single penny in taxes. Who does who pays it? Y'all pay it, as they say in Southern Delhi. Y'all do. For real. Think about it. This law, and so that's why this bill is paid for. Okay, and you just listen to, to the one little thing. Oh, there he goes again. He's out of his mind stumbling over his words. But the larger context here is actually even worse, and it gets gets missed by people playing the gotcha on the mental health stuff. Uh, Joe, only 55 corporations in the Fortune 500 um, that made $40 billion and they didn't pay any taxes. That's actually that's actually really good. It's actually really good. And he, he's, he's kind of using data that doesn't fit there to sell a plan that he says is paid for when it's really not paid for. But now they have a new talking point you need to be aware of. Economists saying well, this won't impact inflation. Experts are saying it. We'll discuss the experts. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 